Hello and welcome to the True Purpose podcast. My name is Will Stewart and I'm the founder of True Purpose Enterprises. We are a collection of businesses created to empower and promote future-proof enterprise that drives both happiness and success. On this podcast, our conversation will explore what it means to lead with true purpose and why this is necessary for people, planet, and most crucially, profit. If you like inspiring stories of resilience, purpose, happiness, and biscuits, then your ears are in the right place. Our guest this week is the wisest of all the wise owls we have at True Purpose Enterprises. She's an American and she manages all of our legal and business affairs, so she has an instant air of authority and reassurance. She's our most senior team member and she's taught me that perspective is as valuable as experience, knowledge and wisdom, something that has lived with me ever since. She rides horses in the sea. She directed licensing at Campbell's Soup for seven years and led the global brand licensing at DuPont for over 15 years. Then she retired, but after a fortuitous meeting with me, she unretired herself and for the last four years has been you know, my wonderful big sister who I go crying to when the bullies try to be nasty. Lynn is an amazing human being. She's kind, loyal, and caring. She volunteers uh, every week and that's a huge part of her passion today. She goes on amazing adventures that I would like to go on. And I've only ever seen her phased um, once in four years, which was a, an interesting one. Quite simply, when she speaks, we all listen. And so today I'm expecting a fascinating discussion with lots of inspiring stories. So welcome, Lynn, thank and you. thank you for joining us today. Yeah. So um, we met well fortuitously, we didn't did, we? Yeah. Uh, via an introduction from someone we both knew. Um, and I can't really remember how or when you know exactly when we met but I basically just told you the story of the point and what we were trying to do and you sort of fell in love with it and we're like okay I'll, I'll come and work here right which was quite amazing and you know it's been four years right it's yeah. been a really yeah. long journey 28 years in in point terms <laughs> so anyway um thank you for joining the True Purpose podcast do you want to um Let's go back to the start. Obviously, you've had this incredible career um, working for giant companies. Let's go back to start just with childhood or like, you know, where your maybe purpose came from. Well, when I think about growing up, it's all about family and then that circle of friends who become your extended family. Um, so I really was raised in a community of caring and support. And I think from that, came this sort of desire in me to, to help and to serve. Even when I was young, I was always trying to help the younger kids feel good about themselves and have fun. I was a teaching assistant at a piano lab that my music teacher had and a Sunday school teacher assistant. And I took care of my little brothers all the time. So I think just from, from there, I developed this sort of desire to give and to contribute. And the interesting thing about my career is that I've had so many leadership roles, but where I feel most comfortable is in a role where I can serve, which is what I'm able to do here yeah. at the point, because my job every day is to help my colleagues and our clients um, meet their goals, to make to do what I can to make their lives easier. And I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's what it's wonderful right from the start. You know, you were in an environment that was very caring and supportive and, you know, helping each other. You were in, obviously, a very tightly knit tribe of support. Yeah. So that then has formed 
you know, a huge part of your personality through life and, you know, your professional career mm-hmm. to always think of others, right? Think yeah. of others first. It's what I love about the point because so many companies talk about, you know, respect for people and all those kinds of things. But in this company, I see every single person living it every day. And it's, it's really inspirational. We, it's, I once heard a speaker say, when you find your purpose, you find your people. And when you find your people, you find your power. And at the point, everyone is empowered every day. And you just see people rising to every challenge and giving everything they have. And at the same time, caring and being kind and keeping everyone's best interest in mind. So it's awesome. We're all very different people. But yeah. we're all very similar in that commitment to doing what's right and to yeah. yeah being honest and kind. Yeah, and I think that the thing about the team is we are tied together by purpose and beliefs yeah. and morals and Definitely. ethics. And that's what builds the culture and that's why people like working mm-hmm. with the other yeah. people here. Yeah. We have that same alignment. You mentioned about, you know, you like serving mm-hmm. people or helping people and yet you've had these huge leadership mm-hmm. positions <laughs> but you know but actually leadership and done in the right way is a service yeah. you know you are working as a leader you know it's not you know it's not a rank it's you know it's purely about if you're a good leader i believe you are serving everyone that works for you yeah. you know we we you we um, think about what's the biggest team you've managed probably well uh, that would have been at DuPont, and at varying times it'd be 10, probably, or less. But different so 10 people, yeah. you know, all asking you for help, and yeah. you're someone that would give help to everyone. Yeah. So, you know, as a leader, I believe that's your job, to help those 10 people, but it means you don't get any work done. Yeah. Were, were you, <laughs> you know, as a, as a leader, were you able to get that balance right, or do you feel... You were always so, you know, focused on helping people. Well, I think when you're in a management role with people reporting to you, you you spend a large percentage of your time dealing with people and their needs and their problems and their desires and all those kinds of things. So um, it's, and I like to be a hands-on person. I, I, I like the doing part as well as the managing part. So I think it is a hard balance. And again, that's why I love this job because <laughs> I don't have to manage so much anymore. I just get to to support people and help them be successful. And I really, really like that. Yeah. You're, you're a massive support for everyone here. Everyone knows they can call you up and you're going to be part therapist, part parent, <laughs> part friend. Yeah. And that sort of attitude that really helps the culture when people mm-hmm. feel safe, that they can ask someone confidentially, yeah. Hey, I've got this problem. Who can I go to? And you're, you're someone that everyone would go to, but that can be quite draining mm-hmm. because then you're constantly dealing with everyone else's problems, right? How well, do you manage that? Central message we heard our entire life was about the importance of education and learning and the ability to become self-sufficient. And when people come to me for help, I feel like I'm just helping them learn because even now, after 30 plus years of being in this industry, I still encounter situations that are new for me, that I'm not always well equipped to handle. And that I, you know, sometimes wish had gone better or I had done differently. But I also know that as a result of that, 
I'm now smarter and better and try to just translate that to people who want to talk to me about problems and issues. And it's how you learn and it's how you grow. And that's, that's what you need to find in the thing that's going on for you. Yeah. Yeah. Every day is a school day. Yeah, exactly. And you never, you exactly. never stop, you never stop learning. I think also it's part of what gives you drive. You know, I like learning new things. We talk about comfort zone and being in your comfort zone, which I think is not particularly comforting if you're an ambitious person. Because outside of that is where you're going to learn things. And it's, you know, so reassuring for younger members of the team to, it can feel uncomfortable you know, outside the comfortable zone, but it should do because you're learning something new. And we have a team here of learners. They want to learn new things and they're prepared to, you know, try something and fail because they're in a safe environment. I've always learned by failing, like, you know, take a decision. If it's wrong, do something about it. And we try to encourage that. And I think for you to be able to still be in that space now is reassuring for younger team members. Purpose also gives you resilience. If you know your values and your goals and your aspirations, then it's much easier to bounce back when there's setbacks. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you want no. to work in legal affairs and no, you know, arguing to, with people? I wanted and to work. be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I got nowhere close to that. Although now I volunteer once a week with asylum seekers. Ah, so you finally ended up. But why did you want to be a teacher? Uh, I think it goes back to what I said earlier that I all, even as a young person, I always wanted to help younger kids so that they would feel like they were accomplishing things and that they were included and that they were learning. I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Yeah. So that's some, that's a theme that's come up a lot on the podcast is being purposeful, helping other people, you know, isn't a totally selfless act because yeah. you are getting something a from lot. it yeah. and you get a huge amount. I see it with teachers. The re- big reward for being a teacher and tough, tough old job is you get to see those kids, you know, learn and progress. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years time, they could come back and exactly. go, Hey, look at me. And you yeah. contributed to their life. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating part of it. Was there like a moment, like from a from purpose? So obviously your your childhood, you know, you've spoken about helping people and you getting something out of that. Were you born with that that <laughs> helpful gene, or was there a, a moment? Was there a you know purpose moment that mm. you saw someone else doing something, or anything you can remember around that? I don't know. I just I always think of my dad is my inspiration. As I said, he immigrated to the States. He worked really hard so that we could have a great life. Um, And so when he had that care for his family, we were the most important priority for him. And he, you know, was always helping us with our homework and just think I kind of modeled myself after that. Yeah. You've got the DNA and the environment and the role model to become that person. Yeah which is, you know, a, a real privilege. Not everyone gets that opportunity, Absolutely. do they? Let's talk about the volunteering. So it, it is an amazing thing you do. You give up how much time? Um, I, every Wednesday, I go to a um, former army barracks where these asylum seekers are housed until they find them a more permanent house to move to. And I go there on Wednesdays, then we 
just have a different subject every week. And I try to help them learn some conversational English, like how to contact, you know, what do you say when you need to contact the doctor and how do you go grocery shopping and what do you need to understand about that and all those kinds of things. And in a way, again, going back to my dad, it almost feels like a paying it forward. Yeah. Because he went to the U.S., he had opportunities, he made a successful life. And I wish that for these young men. Um, so any little thing I can contribute to the possibility of their success is just very fulfilling. It, it's it's amazing. And I know you're very passionate about it and it gives you purpose because yeah. you're giving back, you're helping people. There's an element of irony that we have an American te- teaching them English. So I, ho- I hope you're, I I hope have- you're not using <laughs> sidewalk, trunk, <laughs> oregano. I I hope you're translating from American English to English. I English tell before. them that every every week that I'm American, so I'm also learning British English. <laughs> so that I will have to stop sometimes and remember to tell them the way they sit in the UK. <laughs> yeah. How do they receive you? I mean, are they they they're grateful? I assume. So grateful. So grateful. It's um, I think they're just grateful for the kindness and the feeling of acceptance yeah. more than anything else and the feeling of safety yeah in that room they're safe we're people who want to help them we're not going to judge them um and it's it's interesting because you kind of develop usually there's four teachers at a time and we each have a table and you start to develop a following like all of a sudden you know, there's, you have a group of guys who call you their teacher. They come in the room and they go, that's my teacher. And they, <laughs> they run to your table. And so you kind of, you, it's really nice. You develop a nice relationship with them. The hard part is then within two months, they're moving on. Yeah. And, you know, you may never hear what happens to them. Sometimes you stay in touch with a few. But, but yeah, it's, um, they definitely, they can't express their gratitude enough. They are full of thanks and this means so much and you're so nice and I'm so lucky I had a teacher like you and things like that. That's what we need to say more work to you. Thank you. You're so nice. You're so kind. You help us. Um, they've had a lot of trauma as well. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I guess they're more grateful and supportive because of what they've been yeah. through. Right. But I, I couldn't think of anyone better if I'd arrived after a traumatic experience to turn up in an army barracks trying to find a life after giving up yeah. everything to get here. And then Lynn turns up. It's oh, like, okay. I couldn't think of anyone better. I, I call you my teacher. <laughs> I'm going to call you the teacher now. <laughs> Interestingly, it just occurred to me, I, I convey the same message to them that my dad conveyed to us, which is about education. I say, I always say, the first thing you have to do when you get to your accommodation is find the local college and enroll in an English class because... Your right to remain will come faster than you think. And if you can't speak English, you can't get a job. And if you can't get a job, you'll be on the streets. So I pass forward that same emphasis to them on about education, making sure you'll be able to be self-sufficient. Well, it's communication. And that's the ground bedrock of every relationship. And, you you know, you're right. If you're giving them enough words to be able to get to a college and say, can I enroll? Yeah. Or can I buy some food? Yeah. It's absolutely vital. I, I'm sure lots of them, you know, it's about making an impact, isn't it, in life? Yeah. And I'm sure all of those people, I don't know how many you would have taught over the how many years you've done it. Yeah. But all of them will remember you and remember what you did for them. And that's quite something yeah. to leave an impact, leave a dent, yeah. leave a legacy, right? 
if we were unpicking your purpose in life, mm. it's to serve and, and help people. I think so. I think that's what really drives me and motivates me that, you know, where can I make a contribution that can make a difference? How do you make sure purpose is in everything you do? Do you consciously think I could do this and that could help someone or I could do this and mm. it wouldn't? Um. Well, first, I think it ha it starts with sort of a matching of values, which, again, is what I love about this company. But I feel like I've had that other places I've worked, too. This, though, is the perfect match. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then it comes down to sort of surveying the landscape and what's needed and how can I help make that happen. This, I think it's your one of your master skills of perspective, how vital that is. We're stuck in a very difficult moment but if you can move away from it and see it in context of everything right. else exactly. and yeah. perspective on where was it a month ago that is a that is a game changer because mm -hmm. it's like a master analysis of a situation and i think that's something that you've obviously you know built up and trained over your entire life that allows you to as you just said there review a situation where should I go? Yeah. Most of us, I think, are so busy and so running around. We don't have time for perspective. We don't have enough time for thinking time. And then you can run in and make a decision that isn't mm. necessarily what you would want to make. Right. You've worked for some really great businesses. So was Campbell's Soup a purpose-led organization, would you say? Mm. I don't think of it that way. But I also think... This idea of um, purpose and stating a corporate core values, I think, I think that became a trend. I might be wrong about that, but it feels like it did. And I feel like I started to experience that and hear that kind of language and hear that kind of thinking when I got to DuPont. But at Campbell's Soup, I don't remember it. I remember it more as an important career move for me in yeah. licensing. Um, but what I liked about Campbell, it was also its family values. They had a daycare yeah. center on site. What my child was young at that time. I could look out my office window and see him on the playground. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. That's great. So, yeah. So it was a very family-oriented company. Yeah. And it was DuPont a purpose-led company? It was. Uh, I think it's hard in a company that size. Yeah. $36 billion dollar company. So they talked about it they had very clearly defined core values and um you know respect for people and those kinds of things and i think for a company the size it was what i always was fascinated by it was a very polite company mm. like people didn't go into meetings and drop f bombs and things like that <laughs> you know it was a very civilized yeah um you know thoughtful company and there's so many scientists and engineers. They were just so many smart people. Yeah. It was just almost overwhelming to be in a room with so many smart people all the time. Yeah. But um, it was a great place to learn. And I do think that they had the right core values. And that's one thing that we want to inspire people with this podcast is you, you can work in a massive business that isn't maybe purpose at its core. Every business is trying to do its best with values and you know, and it's a, it's a journey and it's hard and it's expensive to provide all these benefits to people. But within your sphere of influence, your 10 people, you can be an empathetic leader and right. you can drive purpose within your team. 
And as long as the business isn't fighting against that, it can still work. Mm. You, you can make 10 people plus yourself happy. Let's, I do want to ask about the Playboy. So yeah. was Playboy Enterprises a purpose-led business? And if so, what was its purpose? Yes. So I worked for the first several years as an executive assistant to the CEO, who at the time was Christy Eppner, the daughter of the founder. That was, I mean, that was a transition for me. I did start my life in higher education, uh, working in university life, and decided I wanted to move into business. So that was my transition job. So for me, working for a CEO and seeing how you run a company, and a woman who is brilliant in in every way, not just in running a business, I learned how to network from her and the importance of that and, you know, the way she got involved in social politics and government politics and her, she was a giver. She gave back so much to the Chicago community she was in. Yeah. I think I I felt like I worked more for her than I actually was working for Playboy, the company. Yeah. You've always spoken great admiration for her. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the company and what it was doing you know, versus her being you know female executive and also the problem she would have had being the founder's daughter and yeah. the politics that comes with that. Right. You know, she was a purpose-led person yes, she was. within a business. She was. Um, massive business. Mm-hmm. And again, to have for you to have your first job work for someone like that yeah. must have made a huge impact on, you know, how you were going to take your career forward. I had two amazing mentors in my life. She was one, and the other was the dean that I worked for at the university in my first career. And both of them were very similar in their their care about the people who worked for them and also the sort of going outside their organization into the community yeah. to help, you know, to contribute there or to bring you know, uh, community in some in in some way, like at the university, the dean was always putting together councils for students to interact with business executives and things mm. like that. And so, uh, yeah, I've been very privileged to have had both of them as my mentors. Yeah, finding good mentors, especially young in the early part of your career. Yeah. It can be a game changer. I was very lucky to have good mentors as well, and yeah. I think it having someone that's genuinely looking out and giving you the best advice yeah and if you've got someone that is you know purpose-led then you're probably going to end up similar because it's the right thing does purpose make you happy yeah absolutely it drives how you make your decisions it drives how you want to be present in the world what kind of people you want to be around i think it even drives who my friends are my closest friends are, are very thoughtful sort of they can be silly and fun but they are, can be very deep and thoughtful and have you know I admire them for the way they think and so yeah I think that all connects to purpose and what you value and yeah what you want from your life yeah amazing um so what one last question okay what is your favorite biscuit and why well I know what you're gonna say I think I do well, for me, there's nothing better than a homemade chocolate chip cookie. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew this anyway. Did you? Talk to him. I love a cookie. The American style gooey chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. But you bake these yourself, right? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is one of your They're things. They're only good if you make them yourself. Really? And then straight from the oven. Uh-huh. I, uh, you know, I'm a massive fan of those. I think it's a really good, it's a really good choice. 
But obviously, we need you to bake some and bring them in. Yeah, I'll do that. Right, well, look, thank you. Thank you very, very much for joining us, Lynn. It's been amazing. I really wanted to interview you and sit with you and, and talk through your story. You're such a, you're such a purposey person. And I think it's really inspirational and you've been such a huge inspiration to, to me, but for every everyone in the business, because you, you know, it's sort of your, just the way you do things. When you say, you know, I look back and look at the situation, how can I help and serve people? That is you. That sums you up perfectly. So thank you very much for joining. Um, so at the True Purpose podcast, we are building a community of purpose-led leaders. We want to be part of the revolution to a true purpose-led economy through inspiring every professional to think more purposely. To the humans that listen to this podcast, thank you. You are helping build a more purposely business future. We love hearing your feedback and reviews do make a difference. It's going to take years, maybe decades to get there, but change is coming.